and my program director is part-time. She does 20 hours a week. Okay. Yeah. I don't even do a full-time program director because right. of the software. Um, and you know, if, if I wanted to be attached to the studio, I wouldn't even need her. Right. Like if I wanted to be there every single night, then I wouldn't right. even need her. Right. Um, but, but I don't want to be there every single night. For over 260 episodes, Dwayne Brummett and Ali Albarigo have been sharing how to take your martial arts school to the next level. Welcome to another edition of SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Now here's your host, Dwayne and Ali. Hello, Dwayne Brummett here with uh, Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, Ali. Great to be with you, sir. Yeah, great to be with you as well, man. How's it going over there in the Illinois area, Chicago? All I hear about on news is how violent and dangerous and people getting shot and, and you know, robberies. Or How is that by you? It's called Chirac. You didn't know that? I heard that. That's, that's yeah. great. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to get a shirt. I'm going to make a shirt and, and uh, you know, I survived Chirac, you know. It's crazy. Yeah. So now, um, is that hitting your area, like violence and all that? Is everyone concerned? And I'm about 50 miles south of Chicago, so no, it's it's not. Okay. You know, I mean, I'm, you know, the, the the problem though is I'm right on the interstate. I'm right our our you know our town is right off the interstate that that hits you know Chicago or you know obviously if you want to go to Memphis, you don't remember right. that, do you? I do remember that very yeah. well. <laughs> so if you want to go to Memphis. Uh, yeah, and and so there is there, there's easy access to do something, and we've had this before, uh, quite I don't want to say quite often, but quite a few times where <laughs> things have happened, you know, and then the person gets on the interstate and goes north, or goes usually goes north, you know, right. to you know, so they've they've held up uh, um, cell phone stores for some reason, get it a lot, where they hold up the cell phone store and and then they get on the interstate and try to get away. Wow, crazy, right? It's amazing. Like I know. Uh, even in my area, when people hear where I'm from, they think immediately, immediately that I'm from, uh, you know, Manhattan, New York City. But New York is a massive place. Like, you know, from the yeah. tip of Albany to the Southamptons is so large. So um, people automatically assume. Like the other day, someone on Facebook said, uh, don't mention the name of your state, um, but say something that people would know what state you're from. And I said, uh, I think they said one word and I wrote attitude. And then people are like, you know, they, they knew right away it was New Yorkers, right? Because we all have that that one type of attitude. So anyway, so it's great to see you here. I have my Batman shirt on. You have your bodybuilding shirt on there. So you're awesome. Um, so today is interesting, right? We're talking about scaling your business and building the business of your dreams, right? And um, there are many different perspectives. What are your thoughts on that? Like, you know, what? let's jump right in and help our listeners understand that there's a difference. Yeah, I think the first thing we need to do is maybe kind of define what, you know, what we're talking about with regards to scale your business. And, um, you know, when I first got into the industry, I remember hearing John Graydon you know, talk about, you know, begin with the end in mind type thing. So, um, right, right. you know, and, and I didn't understand it. Um, I heard um, oh, uh, Ernie Reyes Sr. talking about, you know, goals and chunking things down. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Um, Stephen Oliver talking about the end game, mm -hmm. you know, 
you finally retire, you know, type thing. And in the beginning, I really did not understand what the heck they were talking about. Um, and so when I learned about scalability, that was foreign to me because I really didn't have the end game in mind on, you know, what I wanted my school to be like. And so I, I think first off, we need to define what scalability is. And, and, I, and I think that everybody's definition can be a little bit different. Um, but to me, scalability is picking and choosing and doing, uh, you know, things in my school or systems or whatever it is that are going to be for the majority of the time, uh, for the majority of the people, stay consistent the longest to, you know, further my business uh, and obviously give me less work because, I can't tell you how many times I've changed the curriculum, changed the lesson plans. You know, you you learn this and then you change that. You learn this and you change that. Yeah, I think that's good, but I think some of the basic principles in in business never change, and so creating some scalability in your business based upon that is going to be very important. So that probably sounds really vague, maybe confusing. Um, I actually feel a little confused saying it, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think scalability is something that, you know, you as a business owner first need to, again, go back to what those three individuals that I talked about, you have to know what you want for your school, the life that you want to live, because that's attached to it as well. So it's not just your business that you have to be concerned about, but it's also you know, your personal life that you need to be concerned about. And for a long time, for me, the, 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 the business ran my personal life. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was able to actually learn about scalability and systems and those type of things that now the, uh, they're, they're pretty much on the same level. If not, you know, my life now runs more of my business, if that makes sense. It totally does. And and whatever what you just said to it really isn't confusing, although I think the clarity of everything you just said really is based off of uh, a few little things. And that's number one, making a decision on what type of business you want to run or what lifestyle you want to have. And um, and by the way, whatever you decide, you could always change along the way. I, I mean, I've had so many different mindsets over 30 years. I mean, if I didn't, just think of how stagnant life would be if I didn't change and grow and learn from my mistakes. And maybe, I, you know, because back when I first started, I was this hardcore guy. If I was the person I was 30 years ago, I'd never have another student now. Or, or maybe I'd have way more students than I do now. Um, you know, you just don't know. But I mean, I've shifted my mindset to appeal to how I I was thinking like, I mean, I used to have no fear of letting people dive over chairs and dive over wave masters and do all these crazy things. Now I kind of cringe in fear, hoping that they don't get hurt, praying that they don't get injured for multiple reasons. One, I don't want them to get hurt or injured, but two, I'm afraid for the business and lawsuits and quitting and, you know, the perception. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of things that we go through nowadays that we never did back then right too. But I think the main thing is deciding on what type of business you want to run. Right. And you know, what, what are you looking for? What's your end game? What's your result? 
Well, and I think that comes down to what one, like, what is your definition of success? Because right. I, I think that um, so many times we're looking at the other schools in our area or the other school owners that we know, and we start thinking, well, I'm not as successful as that person, right. you know? And so it's kind of goes back to you. what's what's the, when you would go to the conventions, right? Right. What's the number one question that school owners would ask you? Very and simple. How can I be more like Ali Alberigo? No, just kidding. Um, no, how how can I get more students? That's well. The, no, no, no. They they wanted to know how successful you were. Yeah, right? well, they, they would judge me based on like that's what they would say to me when I'd have my booth. They'd say, um, "How do I get more students? How could I teach them to do that?" And then I'd say, "Oh, I could do that." And they go, "Well, how many students do you have?" That's the question. Yeah, and then I go, "Well, what does that matter, really? Like, how many students I have? Don't you want to, you know, know how much money you're going to make? How many students are happy? You know, there's so many factors that go into that question." That's yeah, and that's really the wrong question to ask. How many yeah. students do you have? It it really should be, you know, hey, Ali, how many investment properties do you own? Right. What right. is your net profit? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, like those are the questions that we should be asking. Yeah. School owners uh, that are, you know, successful. I'm holding on my quote fingers more yeah. successful than us. And, you know, there are I mean, there's there's school owners that are more successful than me. So I'm not I'm not doing the quote fingers to, to downplay that. But what I'm saying is we're asking the wrong question. But we first need to find define for ourselves what is success for us. You know, and and that kind of even goes back to uh, what a few podcasts ago, and we talked about you know should we buy a building or rent, you know right. that type of thing. You know, so yeah. it all depends on your comfort level and those things. So first, I would say, define what success is for you. Success for me in the beginning was getting three hundred students. Right. You know, now success for me is I want you know two hundred students, but I want premium you know net profit from every single one of them. I mean, that's, that's where my, you know, mind shift has happened with regards to my business and success. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking down on my phone because one of our uh, friends, one of our sponsors said to me on text that he's trying to comment on our feed, but it's saying um, something is wrong uh, with the commenting. I don't know if he still can Lance, if you're out there, um, text me back and tell me whether you could see us and hear us, but you just can't comment. Um, but, uh, interesting. I was able to comment, but he said he wasn't able to, or maybe refresh and so on. Um, but, but Dwayne, you know, going back to our topic, uh, so 30 years ago, I started my school for very different reasons. Right. And then, you know, now 20 years ago, I had other reasons. Um, uh, you know, so, so honestly, really what we have to decide is where we want to be and, and really like, look at, you know, there's a great book. I think it was called the Mill and a great book. It wasn't the easiest, most interesting read, but it was a lot of content that was amazing. Um, but anyway, long story short, uh, it was called The Millionaire Next Door. Oh, and very it, good book. Yeah, it talked about like the the guy who is a, a postman. You know, he delivers mail, and when he passed away, he left twenty five million to his family. And there was a guy I forget in the book, and I might be even. My, it's a long time that when he died, he had like a, a corn silo filled with cash, like worth like $20 million. And the guy was like a, you know, small town, you know, metal shop guy or whatever the case may be. So if the bottom line is to make money um, and grow your business through, you know, financially and have it to the point where you say, hey, I'm billing 
25 grand a month, that's a good living as long as your profitability. You know, my old saying, right, this three tiers to martial arts is high quality, high profit, and low stress, right? And uh, the bigger your school, the more students you have, the more parents you deal with, the more complaints you'll have, the more stress you have. So if you have less students, you get to control them a little bit, the environment better, because there's less people to deal with, and you might be able to charge a premium dollar for a smaller group and make almost equally, if not more, as much or more, right? So, so what is the model? The real question is your end game. What is it that you want? Are you in it to make make a good living and feed your family and have a lot of money so that you could buy fancy things and and vacations and you know that kind of stuff? Or are you taking your profits and putting it into, like you said, Dwayne, a rental property or investments and so on? So that's the real question. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm not negating that uh, or I don't think we're ignoring the fact that we all got in to, you know, teaching martial arts as a, you know, a way of giving back or helping, you know, individuals learn how to defend themselves, have a better character, you know, be upstanding citizens, all those things. So I don't want everybody to think it's just all about the money um, because that's not it. But, uh, you know, if we're not making a profit, not having a decent living, it's really hard to, you know, step out on that floor and, and, and provide those services to our clients. So I just want to, you know, say that really quickly, but yeah. And and I know in the beginning, you know, like I said, I wanted 300 students. I was working Monday through uh, Saturday. Uh, I remember my wedding day, uh, obviously was on a Saturday. I shouldn't say obviously, because some people do it on different days, but mine was on a Saturday. And I and I went and taught classes those morning that morning all the way up till two o'clock, got done at two o'clock, went home, showered and changed and put my suit on and then went went and got married. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, was that a bad thing? No. But like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I was married to the business. Yeah. Well, you had to leave your first wife to go to your new future wife. Yes. Right. Right. Which was your first wife was uh, people have said this to me. And many, by the way. The divorce rate is very high for martial arts school owners, for black belts that teach. Um, And the reason being is because, and by the way, that goes the same for all self-employed business owners, you know, men or women, where the spouses sometimes feel that the business is more important than them and the family. And by the way, you know, people will say things like, well, I got to work to be able to afford college and afford to pay these nice bills so that you can have nice things. When in reality, I can tell you this, like you know, your daughter's never going to complain or hu- a boyfriend or husband or wife or kids are going to complain because you spent more time with them. They're going to complain when they don't see you or can't see you and so on and so forth. So um, it, it really all depends. So, so I guess really the first thing we would say would be that they have to think about why they're in the game. Do they love teaching just for teaching? And what would they like to be the end result? To make a good living? Or or do they want to teach thousands of students at a lower rate so that they could be known as the greatest teacher and, and impact more people and make less money? Like it really is, that's the first choice is to try to see what you want to be when you grow up. Like who are you going to be? Yep. If that makes yeah. sense. Agreed. And, and I went through, you know, uh, that whole changing process, you know, I, I know, you know, this, I no longer have Saturday morning classes. Um, I no longer have Friday classes. You know, I teach Monday through Thursday. My Friday nights are for staff meetings and also for uh, private lessons. And that's it. 
And now, does that mean that we don't have events? Yeah, we do events from time to time. Does that mean we don't have birthday parties? Yeah, we we have birthday. Now, look, to be quite honest with you, if 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 I had to go back and do birthday parties, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't do them. I just wouldn't do them. But we also didn't have the right. leverage of uh, back in the day. We didn't have the leverage really of Google and Facebook like we do now to help bring in leads. So we had to do a lot of groundwork in order to bring in uh, a lot of leads, if that makes sense. Right. Well, so so here's my just a quick thing for me. Um, I, in the beginning, I started off in a small, tiny school because I wanted to have training partners that I could fight with and, and you know, practice on selfish mentality, but it was more about the martial arts and me having a place to go when I couldn't go to my school and, and train with my teacher. Then I found that I love teaching so much that I wanted to run this like a full-time business and I expanded and rented a building and eventually taught full-time selling my very, very lucrative, successful landscape construction company. Um, and, uh, and then I was like, wow, this is really cool. People started asking me from around the country if they could be a part of my school, my system. So I started opening up branch schools and then I started to follow the models like the, you know, the scaling models of uh, all the big successful coaches. You want to have another school, open another location, train your staff. And I had this big team. I mean, at one school, I think I had 11 schools and I say worldwide because one was in Puerto Rico, one was in, in, um, Bermuda. And, um, I was literally a slave to the running of the employees and the systems and the training and the staff. And um, I was told like, that's what would happen. You'd shift from being a teacher to shift to teaching the teachers, um, but really babysitting the teachers, babysitting the staff, because now I was really nothing more than a, a manager, a high level owner and manager. And I kind of lost the love for the school and the students and the martial arts. So that was a big dilemma for me. Mm -hmm. So that was my perception. So that's where I was at that time. What about you? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've gone through, I would say some different changes, you know, where, uh, well, hiring my first, you know, hiring my first, uh, um, head instructor. Right. And then being able to step off the floor and manage and, and, um, at one point when I was, you know, building the business after doing that, that probably was a very good thing that I had somebody else out on the floor that was, you know, looking out for the best interest of the, of the students was because, you know, I was so much looking at the financials that I don't want to say that I was looking at, you know, seeing literal, you know, bills, you know, running yeah, around right. with, with karate uniforms on and a belt, yeah. but I mean, I kind of was right. And, uh, so I think that that was a that was a, a good thing for me to to go through, um, and and it was probably beneficial that I wasn't teaching, you know, like I was before at that point. But I, I, I this this happened maybe two and a half three years into uh, maybe three and a half years into um, you know opening up TriStar Martial Arts Academy is there there was a gentleman you remember uh, uh, PPP payment payment solution. Yeah whatever yeah. it was called. Joe Gallia. Yeah. Um, he had introduced me to a guy. I don't know if you guys, you remember this guy, but uh, by the name of Mike Pace. Yeah. Okay. So I contacted Mike because I was talking to Joe Gallia about, you know, um, just needing time off. And he said, Oh, well, you should talk to Mike Pace. He, he takes, you know, a bunch of time off. And so I talked to him about closing, you know, kind of like what I do. Um, you know, throughout the year and, and he, he coached me on, 
you know, why I should do it and then how to approach parents with it, you know, when I first was going to start to do it. And it's been one of the best things that I've ever done is being closed almost seven weeks out of the year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking for one more week. So it's, it's two months, <laughs> it's two months out of the year that, that, right. that we're closed. I mean, that is massive. Um, and, and what even it does for my staff, especially my head instructor, you know, you, you know how it is when you get done with one vacation or, or excuse me, when, when you're getting ready to go on vacation, everything's, you're excited, right? You're motivated. You're like, yep. I got to get this done because this vacation's happening. Da, da, da. And then once once the vacation's done, you're like, oh, okay, now I'm back to the same home, ha, huh? you know. But for 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 us, it's you know, it's like from one closing to the next. We look at all right, we've only got this much time for this you know, until we're closed again, and we got to get this much done. And and it just, I think, it brings another level of excitement in into our teaching. It, it yeah. I, know, I know it sounds goofy to say that we're we're happy that we're going to be closed, but I'm happy that we're going to be closed. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, you know, we could, you and I could easily just say we're not coming in and our team would run the school, right? It's that simple, but there is that underlying stress, like what happens if while we're not there or what could have happened, but when you're closed, you're closed. There's none of that. Like, you know, it's almost a relief on 4th of July weekend to be totally shut down. Although I'm still stressed a little bit because people will text me, on this past this 4th of July was Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we were off. Um, and they were like uh, texting me on Saturday, are we open? I must have sent out 20 text messages, 20 push notifications, calendar, Facebook, website, you know, and they still will text me on my personal cell, are we, are we open? We're here. I'm like, did you not? I want to be nasty and be a little sarcastic. Like, did you not read one of my 27 ways of communicating? And in fact, like right above your text message, there's a message to you in the thread that you just decided not to read. Like, but then again, that's what we deal with as owners. So to be able to not come in and have nothing going on is a big relief for you and I and even our team, because now they're home with their family. They're not worried and they're just relaxing. Well, okay. So, um, I think all of us want to build a team. So we're talking about scalability. Um, so let's, I'm kind of changing gears here on you, but this yeah. came to mind is, you know, let's back it up to your, your, um, your curriculum. Right. And uh, you know, how you want that to be formed so that, you know, I'm, I'm certain there's some sort of upgrade program right. uh, from the upgrade program. Maybe then there's a cross, upgrade where you're going to get them on some sort of, you know, uh, teaching team or whatever, right. um, you know, so that you can develop instructors so that you've got individuals that are going to be out on that floor. I mean, that is, that is the, um, that's the duplication that I'm kind of talking about <laughs> to simplify yourself where, you know, it needs to be scalable. Um, yeah, I don't know where I'm, I, I mean, I know where I'm going with that, but, well, but you develop your curriculum in such a way that you're teaching while you're teaching. That's what I've always right. referred it to. Right. It, yeah. So I, I always teach why, you know, how, uh, while I teach, even if I've got a storm team member that's, you know, on the floor with me, I'll, I'll tell them, you know, Hey, why do you think I did it this way? Or I'll just tell them, did you see why, what I did? Why do you think I did it this way? Or this is why I did it this way, that type of thing. Yeah. But you've so, got to have, you got to have those things in place in order to make things scalable in your business. Cause you can't do everything to everybody all the time. And you need staff, um, whether they're paid 
or not paid, you need staff members that are going to be out there doing that for you um, as well. Well, let's clarify one thing. And then that would be the first thing would be you can scale without expanding into multiple schools. Yes. Right. So so that that's one thing that I would say is an absolute no brainer, no question that must be done is being able to scale um, with, and, and not thinking of scaling in, in the sense that you have, uh, you know, multiple locations. And, and, and by the way, there are some school owners that are absolutely killing it. Like, you know, Chung Park um, and, you know, Solomon Brenner, 22 locations, 12 locations, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you have to have a certain mindset for that, right? You want to, you need to know that you're ready to manage and run multiple places as an owner, right? Some people, they want it, but they're not that type of personality. So you might have to hire someone, right? But the other thing is scaling, like you just said. So like th that's what you, let's get into that a little bit deeper. And I'm, I'm drawing on a piece of paper, you know, old school, making a little column, uh, you know, down the page thing, you know, where, you know, we could talk about, you know, scaling and then we could talk about, you know, um, you know, profitability, et cetera. So uh, I'm just going to jot notes as we talk. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got to make sure I'm profitability, profitability, I spell it right. So I don't look like a, a illiterate person. <laughs> going to look backwards when you put it on the screen anyways. Probably, yeah, that's so. yeah, that's unless I held it like this. No, that wouldn't work. Um, so tell me what, when you, when Dwayne, when you took that step and you hired Mr. Bean and Mr. Kent and you had a program manager and so on, um, what were the things that you, what were the things first that you wanted them to do to replace or, um, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, emulate copy yourself, you know, what you did, like kind of to take you out of that part. Like what were some of the things that you wanted to fix? Well, you know, even before I, I hired a, a head instructor, which is, his name is Mr. Bean. Um, I, I hired a program director. And so for me, that was the, the, the first step. I was the teacher. I needed somebody to, you know, sign people up and, and be the line of communication. And that was back when, you know, you weren't doing texting and stuff. You're doing telephone calls and emails and, right. you know, snail mail. Right. And so, uh, I, and for me, I hated that work anyways. I just, yeah. I absolutely hate it without spark. I wouldn't, I still wouldn't do it. Right. Right. And so uh, I needed somebody that actually loved doing those things uh, that would uh, just mentally that alleviated me the pressure for me. But I've, obviously I needed them to, to, you know, make the business function, sign people up. And if they didn't show up, call them. I mean, all those things. Right. right. And then I got to a position where I was like, man, you know, I, I, I like being out on the floor, but I, I want the opportunity to be able to not be here if I don't want to be here or not be on the floor and talk to the parent, you know, or whatever. Right. And so that's when I decided to hire my first, you know, full-time um, instructor. And I didn't know at the time that it, I, I think I just kind of fell into this. Cause I've, like I said, I've always been the type of teacher that would teach while you're teaching. And so I was teaching yeah. while I was teaching and, and, and I made a pretty decent, um, you know, head instructor just by doing that and not having a comprehensive system 
Now I have a comprehensive system since I've gone back and actually looked at those things and I go, okay, this is the first thing that I want to teach. And this is the second thing I want to teach my teachers how to teach, you know what I mean? That type of stuff. Um, but before that, I did not have a, I didn't have a comprehensive system that would, would do that. You know, I don't want to say automatically, but that would do that on a regular basis. And so you know, now I've gone back and done that. So you, you basically, you kind of took the things that you didn't like that were necessary and you found someone that could do those things for you and do them well, right? So obviously some people are not good on the phone. So you got to find someone who's good on the phone. You can't just hire someone and then put them on the phone. And rather than you just to replace you, because if they're not doing a good job, you could be wasting money in, in marketing and advertising and not getting sign up. So we have to first find the qualified person to replace us in that specific task. And then at the same time, um, train them well so they could do the job even better than you so that their performance outweighs or outperforms what you were able to do. So you're growing your school, et cetera, et cetera. That, would you say that? Yeah, they need to make you money. I mean, they have right. to. They got to pay for their position and more. Right. So now, um, what would be some of the tasks that you would say, like a school owner who's looking to scale, who's maybe a one-man operation, who's looking to hire someone, what would you say would be some of the tasks that people should be doing that, or someone they should be hiring to do so that they could extricate, take themselves out of the scenario? Well, first and foremost, if they don't have a software uh, company that is doing yeah, I would say, you know, 80 to 90% of the heavy lifting, then, then they need to go find a software company that, that will do that. And I've gone through plenty of software companies right. when, uh, before martial arts software was, you know, a thing I, you know, did other, other softwares, but then when a martial arts software like champions way at the time came out with their software, um, I hopped on board because it was, you know, light years ahead of any other martial arts software at the time. But then yeah. it, it, it didn't do the, the internet marketing things that I needed. Right. So I switched from that to um, Infusionsoft, but Infusionsoft was so hard to learn. Right. They've since, they've since done a lot better job of, of making that a lot easier to learn. But um, that I switched to something that was called Entreport. And then from Entreport, um, you talked me into Spark. Right. Best, best. I, I, I owe you money. I mean, I owe you a thanks. I, you know, yeah, if yeah. I had a switch to that, but well, uh, especially you, you, during the pandemic, you got me into Entreport because we, you were teaching me how to do all of these automations where you'd send out an email. If they clicked on this, they would get put into this file and then we could send more info to nurture them through the lead process. And um, we paid a lot of money. I think it was like two or 300, it was like 297 or even more a month just for that component. Right. Well, yeah, I, it was 297 a month, but then I had uh, three users on it. And so I was playing, paying close to like 400 bucks a month. Yeah. And then I said, Hey, Dwayne, you know that I have a software that literally will do that for you. And it's easier to do. Um, and it's included in the price for free. And that's when you and I are like, wow, this is great. And, and we started. So, so obviously spark is one of our sponsors. Um, well, but, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and we, we, we love their software. Yeah. And so that would be the first thing is if you're an individual school owner, you need a software company that's going to be comprehensive. And what I mean right. by comprehensive is, is going to, um, 
run your help you run your school like a martial arts school but also an internet business as well because yeah. um you know it, it has to do that so that'd be the first yeah. and foremost and 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 then utilize every single thing that's found in that software that is going to help you move your business forward and there's so much it's amazing but but without selling spark which i recommend um to everyone though you're saying so like if you had a choice you would instead of maybe 20 years ago we'd say hire a person to do this all these things but now we could hire a person to manage spark and help us with all the things like automations email marketing follow-up and follow-through student communication billing all of this stuff is all through this one central software so with one program manager and and this software we're doing the job of three or four people that we were paying in the past, right? Well, let's put it in perspective. I've got uh, 274, 276 students. And my program director is part-time. She does 20 hours a week. Okay. Yeah. I don't even need a full-time program director because right. of the software. Um, and, you know, if... If I wanted to be attached to the studio, I wouldn't even need her. Right. Like if I wanted to be there every single night, then I right. wouldn't even need her. Right. Um, but but I don't want to be there every single night. Right. So, you know, does that kind of make sense? So it's I wanted to, put, wanted to put it in perspective. So okay. I think a, 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 a really, really good software, and if you're an individual school owner, like meaning that you know, you're know you the one man or one woman show, one person show, let's be right. politically correct, one person show, um, you may not even need to hire a program director because of that software right now. Right. But eventually you're gonna hit a tipping point. Yeah. Where you might need somebody for 10 hours a day, or uh, excuse me, 10 hours a week, you know, that type of thing. Right. Um, so that, that would be the next thing that you need to do in order to bring your business to the next level. Would it be better for you to hire somebody to do the office? Right. Or would it be better for you to hire somebody to be on the floor? Right. You now, know? now when I used to open up dojos and I'd put people in place, my primary thing was to find an owner operator or a operator that would run the school for me that was an instructor that could do all that stuff on the floor and then i'd hire a program manager to do all the paperwork business stuff communication with me um but i have to say one thing though that um the most important component is an instructor um yes. that and i have to add in and, and quote before instructor the word great right a great instructor because a school is made the success of a school is based off of the teaching in the room you could communicate you could email you could text message and all that great stuff you could have branding and all these cool shirts and whatever you do if your instruction on the floor is subpar um and people don't feel like they're learning and benefiting and connecting with the teacher then the school will fail and i've seen this like i've seen some talented martial artists like fighters mma champions world-renowned instructors that were terrible at teaching like they were great martial artists, not instructors, world-renowned martial artists that were terrible teachers and they failed running a school, right? But they blamed it on, eh, it's commercialism, it's the McDojo, it's the whole business side, I don't want to do that. Um, and then they ended up failing because their personality just was not leadership quality, right? So that I think is the key. Like you have Mr. Bean, I have my guy, Richie Ryan, 
um, and they're dynamic. And we're always dealing with issues and we're always recorrecting them as head instructors and helping them grow. But I'm like molding my guy eventually so that if I died tomorrow, he'd be able to run that school successfully. If I retired tomorrow, which would be a much better option, <laughs> you know, um, he'd be able to run that school and I could still draw money from it to survive and go live down in some island paradise or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I think that's the, the first thing that somebody would need to do is, get, you know, get a software and then make the decision on, you know, help in the office or help on the floor for the next level. If you still want to be on the floor teaching, then I would say your next level is to get help in the office. Right. Um, so that while you're out there teaching, you know, customers are being served, especially during your prime times. So like I used to before COVID, I used to have somebody come in and they would be there, you know, 15 minutes before or half an hour before classes would start. And I'm talking about a program director, you know, half an hour before classes would start and they would be there, you know, a uh, half an hour classes were done. So they were there four to five hours a night. Right. Not more. You know, I have them yeah. come in a half an hour before classes start. And then in the evening, uh, let's say on Monday and Wednesdays, they're done by seven because I don't need them there for the last two classes. Um, and and on Tuesday, Thursday, they're done by 7.30. I don't need them there for those last two classes either. I just don't. Yeah. Just because there are higher level classes, there's less right. uh, customer Maybe. service that has to be done yeah, with exactly. those individuals. You know what I mean? Most of those yeah. people use the app to to right. ask questions and, and yeah. buy things on the app, you know? Mm -hmm. By the way, which is another unbelievable, incredible thing that we have when it comes to Spark is that, I mean, I've sold so much money on summer camp just alone off the app. You know, they sign up for the Thursday camp, bing, they hit it, it's done. Like, I don't have to write a receipt. I don't have to sit with them. I don't have to talk to them. It's just like quick and easy. So, okay, so real quick, a recap. So you said, number one, a program manager, it doesn't have to be full-time, but if they, you know, the other is a very good instructor, right? The second one is to have a great instructor. Um, and then the third one, what would you say would be what would be one other area that you would think that if people want to scale and it doesn't have to be an employee it could be what would be a function that people would be doing i think i have an idea of one but what would your thoughts be well i, I guess it comes back to uh it, it really comes back to what it is that you want out of your school right. you know what the end game is out of your school but um, I would say either, you know, developing other instructors, you know, having some sort of, of actual path, uh, you know, system that helps you develop the, uh, the instructors on a consistent basis. And then, yeah, I mean, I agree, I, um, you know, um, obviously you got to have, and, and, and I think somebody put this in the, in the comments, but, you know, you got to have some sort of marketing system that is just you know keeps coming you know uh, allowing you to have students new students on a regular basis you know you want to hear something weird uh, as D david nemeroff wrote a marketer i sent you a message too and i said we do have to have to have marketers as well so like a facebook marketer right um or somebody who's going to help you like I, I just here's a weird thing that totally different but i had a guy call me and inquiring about a website he does like welding on boats and custom welding and all these metal fabrications and he wants a website and he said yeah i'm just debating on whether i should build it myself and learn how to do website development and i'm like why would you do that though like you know and a lot of school owners think this way they think dollar dollar uh rich no penny rich dollar poor i forget the saying right 
what is the saying? Penny rich. I don't know, but I know where you're yeah. going with that. Yeah, well, they, they think they're going to save money by doing it themselves. And they're, they're thinking really shortchanging themselves because if you have a really great marketing guy and you know, you you could learn it. You could take a course. You could develop a course. Yeah, you could do all that. Um, but uh, I'd rather pay somebody like we pay Gus from uh, Lead Hunter Media to do all of our Facebook marketing. He's the expert. Let him worry about education and training himself on to be better and how to stay up with the trends and the algorithms. I don't want to do that, dude. I'm at the point now where I'd love to just binge watch TV shows and enjoy life. You know, like and, and have a good time. Or the Apple updates that, you know, yeah. screw things up. Oh, you know how many times I, as a web developer, my partner has to change the Facebook marketing uh, behind the scenes, blah, 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 so that Facebook changed their reasons. And now we have to change the websites to coincide with that. So Gus will send it to my partner. My partner's like, I got another week of work to fix all of just because Facebook decided to change something. Right. So, so I think that it's so important that, um, you know, yeah, someone just wrote, oh, since, so, so okay, die, David Nemiroff wrote, uh, would you learn how to do surgery yourself or just go to someone who actually knows what they're doing? Right, exactly. Like, why, why would you try to, and what, I don't know, maybe some people, they're control freaks, like they want to control every aspect of their business. That's understandable. But I, and by the way, that's how I was back in the day. And now I'm more like you, Dwayne, where we find the right people to do what we want and have them help us become more successful versus us trying to figure out the wheel and redevelop the wheel, right? Do you have let's something see. up there? Yeah, let's see. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, delegate everything except your genius. Right. Or and you, if you could try to delegate your genius too, you'd have more people around you that are better. Let's see it right up there. Yeah, I can see it. I love those things. Are they um, mixed tiles? Yeah, they're the pixel or whatever it's called. I don't know. Yeah, mixed tile thing. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, by the way, for all school owners, what Dwayne just showed you, there's a company called Mixtile, M-I-X-T-I-L-E.com, and you could go and make those motivational pictures, photos of your school, and they stick right to the wall, and they're very cheap. You get like... 10 of them for like 90 bucks and decorate your school and all this other stuff for very inexpensive. So Dwayne, so then, yeah, so we would find a marketer, we would find a uh, expert in web development and well, we would have them help us so that we have a team of experts. Yeah. And, and I was going to say too, make sure that your, um, your onboarding process for, you know, the, the trial students is, is scalable. Yes. Um, as well, because what you don't want is, you know, what works for two new people showing up for class and 10 new people showing up for class might be two different things. Right. So what you want to do is you want to, you, you want the onboarding process to be scalable for a hundred If a hundred people showed yeah. up, like the scalability of that needs to be there as well. Um, and that's where, like, I don't know about you, but back in the day, I used to follow this process where they would sign up to do a trial and, and uh, it was a, it was a consultation and then two introductory lessons. And so the parent and the, the student would come in for the consultation. The consultation basically would be, you know, a sales presentation type thing, find out what, what their pains are and then, you know, massage the pains and then right. tell them how we're going to solve it. 
Then they'd come back and do their first intro. The kid would have homework and then come back and earn their, their belt and their second intro. And then that's when I would, you know, enroll them. And to be quite honest with you, my best year, uh, actually, this was a two year period, you know, combined. I mean, I was closing at a 76% rate. So, you know, every individual, you know, 70 out of 100, 76 people sat in front of me, signed up. Wow. Amazing. You know? um, but that was so time consuming. I had to be there. I had to do everything. That was me doing it all. Yeah. And by the and, way, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that just wasn't scalable. Right. And I was going to say, and I know you're probably going to say this too, is that by the way, like we have automations now that do that for us, right? So through our software, and by the way, I just, right now, as we're doing this podcast, I had someone come through on my email that did the Facebook marketing, went and filled out the form and went and signed up for their first class. All of that would have been, they called me, if they left a message, I'd call them back. I'd set up the trial. I'd have to do it all. And then I'd verify ahead of time. All of this process is being done totally automatically for me. And I am amazed at how many of those people that do this on their own. It's literally have washed my hands of all these things that I used to have to do. And, and it's very personal. It's not like a computer message. It's handwritten by me. So it appears to be coming right from me. Hey, thanks for signing up right now, Dwayne. That was awesome. Can't wait to meet you. Just fill out this form and make your first class. You know, and, and they're honestly believing and I'm not saying this to be disingenuous, but they're, they're believing that they're doing this with a live person and getting the response. So they're going through the whole entire process. They are talking to me, but it's just that I canned it ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so, so yeah, so software is a key. That's number one that helps us. So, um, well, we're, we're really almost like we're kind of almost out of time. We have like 15 minutes left. So what are your thoughts on, so you've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this for a long time. What is one or two things that you think that you changed in your mindset of what, after all these years of how you think differently about what you want to achieve in life? You know what I mean? Like what, what changed? Like I could tell you first, if you want me to go, I mean, I, I have less desire now to, you know, to have, you know, more things. I've um, become very comfortable with just being able to have money in the bank and know that my future is set, that if I retire, I don't need to work. Um, I put enough money away that I could do that whenever I choose. Um, I'm happy to have the things I have. Like, I don't need another bigger screen TV. I don't need the iPhone 17 that will walk up to me when I talk. Although I do have a car that I'm amazed. I don't know if you saw my video I posted where I'm able to summon my car. So we got out of a restaurant the other day and with my Tesla, I pushed the button and the car backs out and drives through the entire parking lot and stops in front of me. Um, so I'm able, with no driver and people were videotaping. They're like, unbelievable. I can't believe it. Like, and then we just get in the car and we drive away. So like little toys like that make you happy. Um, but I don't need those as much as I used to. And I'm, ha I'm just genuine, genuinely more happier now than ever. I don't know if it was a reminder because of the whole COVID thing to start to focus on things that were more important to not let people who stress me out, stress me out. I, you know, I had a big debate on Facebook of whether I would just block someone now, if they're going to be on my post and they're going to try to get me angry or you're trying to go against what I'm saying. I say, let's be positive. They say, why be positive? This world sucks. I'm like, delete, 
block, you're out. Like, I, I don't know. So like, I think that's hard. That's not a young man's mentality, is it, right? Like, as you get older, you start to realize that life is a lot shorter. You're on the second, the shorter cycle. I'm 56. I'm on the shorter cycle of my life now. And if I live to 85, I'm happy. 90 would be great. But so I don't have a lot of time left. I only have like, you know, 40 more Christmases maybe you know, or 30 more Christmases, 30 more summers, 30 more birthdays, you know, so uh, we got to learn to be a little bit happier um, and not let the little things bother us. Like, what was that book a long time ago? Don't sweat the little things. Oh, don't, don't sweat the small stuff. Right. So no, what do you, read that. you've never read that? No. Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. It's a, it was a very big multi-million dollar selling book. Million books. Yeah. Don't sweat the small stuff. Check it out. It's short, little, tiny, quick read. Okay. All right. Yeah. But, um, so what do you think? What have you learned over the years? Like now, like, you know, you're set. You got your beautiful little office. I see you sometimes just sitting in your yard, enjoying your pool and your yard. And, you know, maybe it's not a 40 acre mansion in you know, in the Hamptons, you know, but it's beautiful. And you love it. Like, why, why are we different now? What do you think changed in you? And how did you grow? And, and so on. Yeah, I well, I, first off, I don't know that I'll ever not work. Right. Um, so I'll always have to do something, whether it's, you know, in the martial arts industry or, or, or not. I mean, I definitely feel like I need to wake up every morning and have a purpose. Um, and yeah, I know you can retire and you can, uh, you know, donate time and, and, and I'm not opposed to that either. That's not what I'm saying. But, um, I, I just know for me, my mom always said about me that, you know, you can, you can take the, the boy out of the business, but you just can't take the business out of the boy. Right. And so for some reason, I just have that, I don't want to say, I guess, entrepreneurial spirit. And I, I don't know that I always had it, but once I got right. into this, I have, mm -hmm. um, so I, I think I'll always be doing something. Right. I think some of the things that I've learned up until this point is I would agree with you. Don't sweat the small stuff. Um, definitely put, and we've, we've talked about this in other podcasts, but, but put parameters on what is permissible inside of your business and what is not permissible, right. what you will put up with and what you would not put up with and, and stick to it. Even if that means you lose 10 students, stick to it because uh, that's gonna be highly important. Um, I would say, you know, I know this is the, the, the phrase right now um, and I don't mean anything by it, but you're, you're um, uh, and I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna say the phrase right, but your mental um, self is important. You know, yeah, mental health, mental health, mental health right. is, is important. I remember my mom talking about she hardly ever did this, but, you know, um, she talked about taking a day off of work uh, every once in a while. And, and when I say every once in a while, it probably was if it was once a year and she would call it a mental health day. Right. And this was this was, you know, 30 years ago. Right. 40 years ago, whatever it was. And uh I, I, I think those are important. And Dan Sullivan, you know, talks about, you know, uh, taking time off. Um, and, and, and I think, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that, that I've, I've learned over the, over the years is that, you know, those time, time off in a way is one of the best things I think you can do. Mm -hmm. Also 
and 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 part of that is needs to be time off and away with family or friends or whatever you know your enjoyment is. Uh, but second to that is, and this is something that Grandmaster Hafner talked about, is you know your best friend needs to be that yellow pad and your pen, and you need to sit down and you need to think about your business, ask questions about your business, write, write, write <laughs> about your business, draw things about your business. Right. Right. Um, just, you know, get that all out on paper. You know, it might be, and he didn't say this, but this is just me. There might be only, you know, 90% of what you write might not be anything that you ever do, but the 10% that you do is going to be golden. Absolutely. And so you need to have that pad of paper and be thinking about your business and write stuff. Um, uh, you know, so yeah, I would say those things are really important. Have you ever seen the TV show? And I think it's on History Channel called Alone. It's like in its sixth or eighth season. Love it. Love it. Love that show. Um, and I'm watching the new season. And I, I actually find myself like an old crazy person yelling at the TV when they make decisions. And I'm like, oh, come on. You're going to quit now? You're the fourth person left on the island. You know, that kind of thing. But I find it really frustrating how people don't prepare. Look at all those notes. That's amazing. I have the same thing and I don't know whether I should just throw them away because I always promise to go through them. And this is only half the stack. This is right. only half the stack. Right. So I wonder like to myself, like, are we ever going to do anything with that? Maybe you should do like hire one of those uh, VA virtual assistants to type it all up and categorize it into a book of some sort. Uh, yeah, or scan it. I don't know. Or something like that. But so anyway, on the show alone, which I find interesting is that, you know, the, what are the three most important things? Food, shelter, shelter water, insanity, right? Like, yeah, shelter, water, insanity. Like, and you find that most of the people leave the show because they convince themselves they're sick, they're hurt, they're going to die, that this, what they're going through is not worth it because they're going to then be sick and hurt and die. So they change and they tap out and they push the button and say, I'm, I'm done. And I look at that and I say, didn't you know all that when you went? You knew you're going to miss your family. You knew that you were going to have to build a house and you knew you were going to have to hunt. And then some of them sit around and they don't do those things for days on. I mean, if I was starving, I'm a vegan, I would be searching for food. Even so, like, that'd be my first thing. And my only, every day you'd get up and that's what you would do. That's it. Right. But I find that, and that's no different. Like I have a few coaching clients that I, We'll say to them, hey, did you do X, Y, and Z? We talked about that four weeks ago. Oh, not yet. And then we talked about it last week. Oh, not yet. And we talked about it this week. Not yet. And I'm like, why? Why have you not done that? This would, it would double the amount of students or it would make you better at your sign-up process. Why are you ignoring these basic functions of food, water, shelter? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why yeah. is that? Why do business owners? And I think that psychologically, we put off the most difficult things because they're difficult and we put easy things in place of them. Like, Hey, instead of calling all my clients that have quit, let me just send a text message out to the five trials that came in. Like, you know, always choose to put yourself in it out of your comfort zone to do the tasks that you don't want to do or hire someone to do those tasks. Right. But you can't ignore those tasks because that's why schools stay stagnant. Well, and here it goes back to um, the basics are the basics for a reason, right. um, but the bright, shiny objects are the ones that we all keep chasing after. Did it right. for years, totally did it for years. You know, now when there's a new bright, shiny object, I actually investigate it 
And, you know, I really forward think, you know, how is, if I, if I use this or I, you know, implement this in my business, what are going to be the effects later on down the road? Yeah. Um, and I don't just mean initially, I'm talking years down the road. Um, and so there's a lot of thinking that I actually do. And it's kind of funny that you, you know, that I'm talking about this because there are times that I've even had to tell Mr. Bean, I tell him almost everything. Right. And there are, there's probably 90% of the stuff that I've ever told him we've never even done. Right. Part of the reason is I'm just trying to flesh it out, think it over and through, you know, get his opinion on things um, and, and then make a decision. And I think for quite a long time until I actually told him this, uh, and it's not to say that I don't procrastinate on things because I do. But I think he thought I was a bigger procrastinator than what I am right. because I would just speak about things and say, oh, right. hey, you know, this this program, I'm looking at this. And what do you think about this? And, you know, uh, man, it would be interesting if we were to implement, you know, tricks and flips into our bubble. You know, I'm just throwing that right. out as an idea, right, right, right. Or, yeah. you know, as, as an example. Um, but I, I think it's important for us as school owners to go ahead and look at those things. Right. But not everything that people are out there selling for us to put into our program, we should put into our program. Well, yeah. And you know what? I've resisted that many, 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 many times and, and didn't put in things. But the ones that I did do, they're, they're no longer in my program. You know, so I did the kickboxing. I did the self-defense. I did like other things that were like program fillers. Like you got to, tr it's trending now, you know, and um I, listen, I stick to what I do best, and that's ninjutsu and jujitsu and classical martial arts and weaponry. That's my forte. I, I know that's my wheelhouse. I'm the best at that. So let me just sell that. Let me make sure that I do what I'm best at. Um, and uh, anyway, I think that that's important. Don't get caught up in the bright, shiny objects unless you're really in a deficit and you don't have anything in your school and you need to add things in and you don't know how there's nothing wrong with XMA or hyper um, programs like that, that will inject a massive amount of excitement into it. I mean, Roland Osborne, um, he's a friend of mine and he is a genius when it comes to um, motivation and instructor training and, and, you know, getting the school hyped up about things and uh, his programs are second to none. Um, so if you're looking for a program to fill something, I would reach out to Roland at Hyper Martial Arts um, and uh, even Mike Chat with XMA. Some of those programs are great. But for me, I, I know my wheelhouse, so I'm going to stick with that and really build on that. But uh, I don't need more bright, shiny objects. I used to go to the Super Show, and every year I'd come back, my staff hated me. It was, oh, hey, we, I bought a new software, better than the old software. They're like another four months of re-entering data and getting it up and running. Why bother? You're only going to go to the show six months later and change it again. Like they hated me for all the new things I'd bring back, but I was excited. I could see the potential, but they weren't really into it and they didn't want to do it. So that's why it never really went anywhere because it was just me and I couldn't get them behind it because it was always causing them more work and headaches. Right. Now I will say with spark they 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 put all all the stuff in now you know like they put all the stuff in there for you so yeah true so if you're transferring from one software to the other as long as you can put it in what what is it called the cvs file cv right. file whatever it's called yeah cvv yeah you know then uh uh you know oh yeah they would they would but but there is some work involved after sure but at the sure. same time, you're right, though. They would literally take all your data from XYZ software and import it into the Spark database. 
I, I was going to mention our uh, uh, martial arts business manifesto. If somebody's looking to really scale their business, um, just go to schoolownertalk.com. And then on the page there somewhere, you can scroll down and find the martial arts business manifesto and then opt in uh, just your, your first name and your email address. And then we send it right to you. But um, there's some things in there with regards to scalability that, that, that are highly important. Um, one, of, one of it is the, um, the math that we give you on, um, on your floor and to know exactly how many people you actually can service you know, inside of your studio so that you, you can actually know, can, can my studio actually do 150, 200 or 300 people, th that type right. of stuff. Yeah. Um, the other thing is we talk about that uh, activity is not productivity, you know, inside yeah. of uh, the manifesto. And I think that that's important for us to understand that activity is not productivity, you know, act, uh, activity does not equal accomplishment. And so, you know, reading and learning about that, I, I would, um, you know, I, I mean, obviously, uh, we're a little bit, little biased about it, but I, I think those things are, are really important. Um, the other thing, I'm just reading off the table of contents, you know, uh, the reasons why some martial arts school owners struggle, the obstacles to your success, flawed design, um, frustration, hard work, and marginal results. Um, oh, activity, that's it. Activity is not a business strategy. <laughs> that's it. Um what is your time worth? Do you know? And we give you the calculations to know exactly what your time is worth. The difference uh, between activity and accomplishment, the fastest way and easiest uh, to increase your hour hourly weight, uh, rate, uh, business scalability and leverage that brings the increase. Less is best. Uh, you're the untrained or are you an untrained manager? Uh, you know, how, um, what is it? How work should be done in your business? And then thinking about your business differently, meaning um, metrics equal profit. Um, those type of things. And then, of course, we recap everything, but uh, more money, more time off, less stress, which is what you preach, more money, more time off, less stress. So if somebody wants to get that martial arts business manifesto, go to schoolownertalk.com and uh, click on the manifesto that's there. It is 27 pages. You can sit down and print it out and put it next to your uh, toilet, right? And if you don't like it, you can use it to wipe with. But, you know, look, I mean, it's there for you. Right. Where where is it though? I'm looking on there. Maybe we could find it and put the link. But I was trying to find it and I couldn't find it. Um, but uh, I'm looking. There. Yeah, like I, I don't know if it's right on the front page. It wasn't in the because right now it's loaded with all 280. Oh, just click on it. Yeah, just click on an episode. Okay. And then after you're on an episode, it, it'll be there on the right-hand side if you're on a on a dashboard, but if, you know on a on a computer. But if otherwise, you'll have to scroll down probably close to the very bottom if you're on a phone. I see it. I see it. So I could, we could, yeah, that's great. Yeah, you're right. All you have to do is click inside one of the episodes, and then it asks you. But I'm gonna, should I make people jump through those hoops to get it so that they see our podcasts and everything? No, you know what I can do is I can just throw it right on uh, this broadcast too. You know, I was going to say maybe we could put it in the heading of our, you know, the top of the broadcast and put it in there, the link. Yeah. Nope. I just put it on there. Okay. Awesome. All right. Cool. Well, hey, listen, another great time with you, Dwayne. Thank you very much. I, I leave motivated. This is a, you know, we always preach, have like-minded friends and surround yourself with people that motivate you. And uh, this is my weekly sanity. Um, and I love being on the call with you and, and it 
reminds me of things that I've forgotten and motivates me to do things that I got lazy on. So thanks for being you and helping me as an owner that's been doing this for so long, stay motivated. I appreciate it. And, and I hope the listeners love what we do. Um, if they do, please share our stuff and they can go to iTunes, right? And, or they could go to the school owner talk.com website to, to check out our two. This is our 287th episode, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Some crazy, crazy amount. Like we've been doing this forever. I think That's by, right. by far the longest running martial art related podcast in the history of podcasts. Well, with regards to martial arts business, I would say right. yes. Yeah. Pretty cool. But um, all right. But thank you so much. Did you want to close it up and then we'll run our, our outro? Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm appreciative. So everybody, uh, you know, go go back and watch some or listen to some uh, uh, past episodes too. You there's a search bar at schoolownertalk.com, and then type in the topic name, and and uh, it'll come up. There's there's a, a plethora of of uh, useful information. All right, awesome, bud. Thank you. And, and there is, it's like literally any topic that they want, they could just type it in and find one, two, or more that we've, you know, went into that topic in depth, guest, in, guest instructors, and so on. Yep. All right. Have a good one, Allie. All right, dude. Have a great day. Sign on, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk Podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out EliteInsights.com for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, the best darn software for school owner manager on the planet. GetKarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your school systems. We will see you next time.